0: hello and welcome to the love key church message of the week love key church is a local expression of a part of the body of christ with a focus on creating a place opportunity and atmosphere through worship music and the word where people can encounter god align with his purposes reign in life and then help others to do the same my name is Heinz Winkler and together with my wife Aleta and our four children we recently launched Love Key Church right here in Somerset West. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this message. If you are in this area and you don't have a spiritual family, please feel free to join us Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. at 22 Dirkie A Street. We would love to welcome you there. Enjoy the message. Please remember to like, follow and subscribe and to share this with other people if you find that it is uplifting, encouraging and inspiring to you thank you so much. God bless you as you listen to this word. We have some people here that have been here since the beginning, and I just want to honor you guys and thank you guys for for coming every week. Um, It's been a month today, officially, four weeks. Yeah, you know, let's celebrate, let's celebrate those moments. (laughs) Um, It's good, it's good. It's a little, it's still a you know quite a big thing that about two months ago God spoke and said it's time. go take a step, take a leap, and now we're here we're doing a series on um, encountering God. If you're here for the first time <laughs> um, the the three words that are that kind of encapsulate our values are encounter, align, reign, and it talks about the church should be a place where we encounter God. Because when we encounter Him, we cannot leave unchanged. And it, when we encounter Him, it helps us to align with His purposes for our lives. And eventually, as we grow, as we mature, we, we will become those people that Paul talks about that reigns in life. And that is where we all want to end up. So we've, we've spoken about Jacob and his encounter with the angel wrestling with God. We've spoken about Paul who, uh, when he was still Saul and still was persecuting the church of Jesus, how he had this amazing encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. And today, because we are close to the time where most of the world remembers and celebrates the birth of Jesus, I thought it would be apt to speak about Mary's encounter with God. And, and as I spent time in this story, it was quite amazing to me how much there is that, that one can, can get from what is happening in and, and how we can learn from this. So we're going to read that story just now. But before, before I do that, I, 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 be, I believe that Scripture comes more alive when there's a pers- personal testimony that we can connect to it. So I wanted to share a little bit of, my wife and my story, because there's a connection with the message we have today. So before we get into that, let's just pray for the word. Lord Jesus, I thank you that we can get together, that we can be together like this. I thank you that you've brought us together here for this moment and for this reason. And Lord, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you will lead me as 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 I minister this word. I pray that your truth and your truth alone will be ministered that nothing will be said or done that is not in line with your will and your word. Lord, I pray that every heart will be fertile soil to receive this word, and that you, that you will help all of us to not just be hearers of your word, but to be doers of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In 2005, even a, quite, a, quite a while before... My wife and I were officially together. We, we knew each other that stage, but we, we weren't a couple. I, I had gone through quite a few months of um, just being counseled by a pastor at, a ch- at our church in Joburg, and on this, this was kind of the final day of that whole journey, and he said to me, you know, what? today we are going to have a moment where... You just ask Jesus to show you how he sees you. How does Jesus see your life? How does he see your future? And I had no idea what I was in for. <laughs> and, but it was just such an amazing experience. And almost immediately as, as I closed my eyes, I felt that Jesus was right there with us. And then I saw this, this amazing vision. Um, and it was this epic battlefield. If, if, if any of you have seen the movie, The Lord of the Rings... Okay, all the guys, <laughs> most of them anyway. So um, it's kind of like that scene, and, and I saw myself dressed in armor on a horse and leading a bunch of people, and we were going into war. But we were we were um, we weren't we didn't have traditional weapons. We were armed with mus- with uh, musical instruments or voices. And we were so joyful, and we were going into this battle, and there was this dark army like coming for us, and we, we were totally outnumbered, but we went for it. And as we went for it, I saw God's hand underneath us and over us, and as we went into battle, there was this um, amazing thing that happened. The, the dark riders, best way I can describe them, were, were either being converted and joining us, or they were being destroyed, overtaken and at the end we had we had the the oh, we won we see we won the battle and then then there was this almost like this epic movie shot on a mountaintop and i saw myself standing by my wife three boys and a girl and i couldn't see their faces but i i just knew in that moment that god showed me that i will have a wife I will have three boys, and I will have a daughter. And (laughs) a couple of months later, God showed me this is my wife. That's a a long story on its own. And when we started talking about having children, she said, yeah, I come from a family of four. Four kids sound great. Um, And I was like, cool, great. And uh, so we, we wanted to just be married for a while and not have kids. And then eventually we were like, Okay, I think, you know, we should at least start to try, be open for the possibility. And, um, and then a long time went past that we didn't fall pregnant. And eventually we thought maybe we should just go and get tested and see if everything's fine. We did that and we found out that we have a less than 5% chance of falling pregnant naturally. Which was quite a blow and not nice to hear. But I thank God for people around me that helped me to know that what the doctor told us was medical facts based on the evidence that he can see. But God gave me a word. And that is the truth. So the medical facts was one thing, but the truth of God was another thing. And I and we had to apply faith to that situation. And by the grace of God, as we did that and as we prayed, shortly after that, my wife was pregnant. And, and then we had another challenge because that very early on ended in a miscarriage and it was a very, very difficult blow. And I have shared a little bit about that here a while ago. And, but once again, that was the facts, but we had to apply our faith that situation and with amazing people around us, amazing family supporting us, praying with us, the Holy Spirit really just comforted us, guided us through that grief and through that moment and we were able to supernaturally work through that and get out on the other side without any bitterness or anger towards God or anything like that and shortly after that we got pregnant and we had three boys in a row (laughs) about two years apart. And then my wife was like, I'm done. <laughs> and, uh, and, but I just knew there was, there was still this one, this one daughter that was on the way. I just knew it. And um, so there I think, you know, my wife was giving me some facts. <laughs> She's done. And I'm like, mm, I'm going to apply faith <laughs> to this situation and just keep waiting. And by, by the ground... <laughs> Sure. Okay. This uh, this very this very marriage seminar, though. All right. (laughs) So we had the promise of children. We had the challenge of faith over medical facts, and in the end, there was the triumph of God's truth. And that is also what I was able to see in this amazing story of Mary. Little interesting fact. The book of Matthew, Mark, and John doesn't tell this story. They don't mention the story of Mary being visited by the angel at all. It's very interesting. Matthew talks about Joseph's encounter, and I want to talk about him next Sunday. That's my plan at this stage anyway, unless God tells me to do something else. But Luke goes into detail in the story of Elizabeth and Zechariah, the parents of John the Baptist, and then he goes into detail in Mary's encounter with the angel. So I want us to, to quickly read that um, story. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. Now, I did a bit of research on this. The, in, that day, in those days, when you were betrothed, it meant that the husband had paid a dowry or some kind of... It was almost like a <laughs> to the parents. And then that, that young girl, and they were typically anywhere from age 12 and up, very young. It's not clear how old Mary was, but she was probably... teenager or just over a teenager she was very young and for a year she would then belong to this husband before they actually got married so this is in that time when the angel appears to her the virgin's name was Mary now twice now it's spoken of a virgin so it's like really giving us that fact that she's a virgin. The virgin asked was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Blessed are you among women. But when, we, when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting was this. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb, and will bring forth the Son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord of God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob. Remember Jacob from last time? <laughs> the house of Jacob, who had the twelve tribes, and his kingdom there will be, will be no end. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How? Can this be, since I do not know a man? She's giving him a fact. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called... Baron, two facts that he's saying about Elizabeth. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So while I was, the, the, the official title of my message today is Faithful, Favored, fruitful, and there's a sequence of events. When we look at Mary's life, we see that she was considered to be full of faith. She believed in God, and that is the reason why she found favor with God, is because she had faith. And then the angel said, you will be fruitful. So her faith gave her favor, which led to her being fruitful. And, um, if you know me a little bit, you will know that I, I really enjoy language and I really enjoy puns and I really enjoy when language comes alive. <laughs> and God knows this about me. <laughs> so as I was going through this, um, <laughs> I felt God give me this funny little thing. Normally when people, you know, want you to be realistic about what's really going on, they will say something like, hey, you've got to face the facts. You know, have got to face the facts, deal with it, get over it, whatever. Normally it's when you're dealing with something really difficult, right? But I felt God say to me and, and to say to you this morning that our takeaway from this piece of Scripture is to faith the facts. See what I did there? You've got to faith the facts. Just before this, we read about Elizabeth who conceived at old age after being barren. And her, and her husband prayed, and he got an answer. But even though Zechariah prayed, probably for years, while he thought it was still possible for his wife to conceive. So probably before she was considered old. And, well, she was probably considered barren, because that's why he was praying. But it was a while ago. And the, now he's a priest. He goes into the holiest of, holiest of holies. He is praying for the nation. An angel appears to him right next to the Ark of the Covenant. Like he is the priest. He is the man of faith, supposedly, for the whole nation of Israel. An angel appears to him and says, your prayers have been answered. And your wife will conceive and you will call him John. And he told him about how huge this guy's life will be. But he doubts. His response looks actually a a bit similar to that of Mary's. And I was initially like, so what's the difference here? But the words that Zachariah said is, how do I know, how would I know that this will happen? Whereas Mary said, how will this be? And it's a slight difference, but Mary didn't doubt that it can happen. She was wondering, how it will happen. Whereas Zechariah was doubting that it will happen. Because he was looking at the fact that his wife is of old age and that she's barren. And that is why when he, when he expressed his doubt, the angel said he will be mute until the birth of the boy. So he was, I was, <laughs> he was, there was a consequence for his lack of faith. And He had to walk that out. And there's there's this contrast. This man of God, the priest, in the holiest of holies, next to the Ark of the Covenant, the angel appears. He's got everything. But he doubts. He, He is facing the facts. He's not faithing the facts. Whereas Mary, a virgin, in a very small little town that no one cares about, there's a line that said, Can anything good come from Nazareth in the Bible? It was not seen as the best place. I mean, we can, I will probably offend some people, but we can come up with towns in our nation that, you know, (laughs) we have similar issues, ideas about. You know, think of the worst place you never want to live. That's kind of where the angel appears to Mary. And she's this young girl, insignificant in the world's eyes. But because she has faith, she has found favor. And when she is presented with this insane, crazy, unreal idea that as a virgin, you will conceive. Imagine. I mean, it's not like this was written. It's not like this happened before. There is, I found um, one direct uh, it's in, I think, Isaiah 7, where he predicts that it'll be a virgin who will be the mother. That's, there's one prediction, one prophecy. And maybe she knew it, maybe she didn't know it. But imagine she knew, and she realized on the moment, oh, I'm a word. This is, you know. And that prophecy, I went and did a little sum. It happened over is it 700 years. Before Mary was this prophecy. 730 years, yeah. So God gave Isaiah a word of a virgin who will give birth. 730 years later, Gabriel rocks up in Nazareth and tells a virgin, Now is the time. How long have you been waiting (laughs) for your promise? Mary also had a fact to face she is a virgin and she's not married but she's betrothed but because she doesn't doubt that it will happen she just wondered how it will happen and the angel the angel actually answers her and says this is how it will happen she because of her faith she finds favor and because of the favor she is fruitful and I And I want us all to just have this moment today where we reflect and respond to what is happening here, because I think all of us, at some point, maybe right now, are facing some really difficult facts, some things that you think is impossible to get over, impossible to work through, it's overwhelming, um... But I believe God, through the story of Mary, wants to speak to us today that no matter what the facts are screaming at you, maybe it's medical facts in your life as well. Maybe you've got a diagnosis that's very negative, that is that brings you down in your, in your spirit, in your heart. Maybe there's financial facts in your life that aren't looking good. Maybe there's all kinds of things being fr- thrown at you at, at one time. We heard a testimony last week of this man who, I mean, he made a list of how bad his childhood was. And I was like, man, if one of those things happened to me, I don't know if I would be standing. But he had a list. And this was just one guy who had to face a lot of facts. And, but God pulled him out of that, healed his heart, gave him a great marriage. And he is now a great father. And that is what our God can do. That is what our God wants to do. But the question we all have to ask ourselves is: will I face the facts or will I faith the facts? And what is faith? It, Hebrews 11:1: faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What is that substance? That substance is the word of God. Either the Bible, his word, or a word that you got from him, that you know that you know. God has said this to me. The way that he showed me my children. And I knew that I knew. I will have three boys and a girl. I just, I knew it. No one could take that away from me. Because I saw it. And yes, maybe I sounded crazy at times. But I knew that I knew. And the timeline was nothing as to what I thought it would be, but sometimes we do that. We get a prophetic word or a promise, and we apply our own timeline and put an expectation on it. And now we have an expectation of God. And when that expectation is not met, when our timeline is out, then we get disappointed with God. And when we get disappointed, we can get to that place of bitterness toward God. What happens the next time you get a word? You doubt. You face the facts instead of faithing the facts. <laughs> because what if, what if this doesn't happen again? Because you assume now God was not faithful. You assume that because it didn't happen in my timeline, he, his promise didn't, doesn't stand. But imagine getting the promise of a virgin being the mother of the Messiah of the people of God and then waiting 50 years, 100 years, 200 years, 400 years, 730 years. Do you know how long um, Noah waited from the moment God said to him, it will rain and it's never rained before? At that stage on the earth, it had never rained. And God said, it's going to rain. He didn't even know what rain was. Waters will come and you will need an ark. Okay. How long from there, when he built it till the flood came? Do you know? Ninety years. Nine zero. Imagine, for ninety years, people mocking you, joking with you, thinking you're nuts. But you know that you know. You have a word. I know a guy. His name is Jesus. (laughs) So... I want each of us to just take a moment today and, and reflect. What are the facts that I, if I think of them, I don't think God can fix this, I don't think God can overcome this, I don't think this is impossible. What are those things that you are facing right now? And then I want you to take a moment where you, in your mind's eye, in your spirit, spirit being, Use the imagination that God gave you and see how you bring this to him and ask him, Lord, I know what the facts are, but I want to know what do you say about this? Maybe you have a word already about this. Remind yourself, remind God of that word. Say, Lord, you said, (laughs) remember Jacob from last week? He was caught between a rock and a hard place. And he said to God, you said that you will take care of me. He was reminding God. Did God need reminding? No. God can't forget what he told. And he is faithful. He's not a man that he should lie. And he, his word, he says himself, his word is, is more powerful than he can't overcome his own word. When he's spoken it, it will happen. So if you have a word from God, you can stand on that word. It is your substance that gives you the right to hope. But be wary not to hope, to attach hope to your own timeline and your own specific expectations. Let God guide you in in how it will happen. His word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It's not a spotlight to our futures. We have to walk it out with him. All right, so let's take a moment. I want to play some music in the background. Just close your eyes. I know there's some distractions, but let's try to focus. And just bring these things that you may be struggling with to God. Just say, Lord, I know what the facts are. But either you can say, Lord, I want to remind you of the word that you gave me. Maybe it was scripture. Maybe it was a prophetic word. Maybe it was just you sensing strongly that God told you this will happen. And just remind him of that. Maybe you are facing facts and you don't know what to do with them. Bring them to God and say, Lord, what do you say about these facts? Help me to see your will your word over these facts and then choose to apply faith over facts apply faith to those facts because his word is more powerful nothing is impossible with God let's just do that for for a few minutes Lord, I just want to stand in agreement with everyone here and anyone listening right now. Lord, we lay all these these facts before you. And we want to acknowledge that we see them. We We don't want to be delusional. We don't want to be unrealistic. That's not what we're doing here. But we want to just lay them at your feet. And we want to ask, Lord, either, Lord, we want to remind you of the words that you have spoken that trump these facts, or we ask that you show us what do you say about these things. Because what is impossible for us, Lord, is possible with you. And I pray right now, Lord, that you will bring a peace and a rest into every heart in this place over those situations that you will bring healing that you will bring truth truth that trumps facts your truth and that Lord you will help each and every one of us as we move forward to stand on your word and not let the facts be the winds and the rain and the storms that throw us off our path but that we will remain steadfast knowing That God has spoken. I don't care how long it takes. I don't care what it looks like right now. My God has spoken. And I will walk on His word. Like Peter walked on water when Jesus spoke the word. Come. He walked on that word. He walked on the water. And Lord, we want to keep our eyes on you. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father amen and amen all right let's stand and make some faith declarations say out loud with faith and conviction I am a child of God that's very sad let's try that again I am a child of God I am am blessed and highly favored I am the head and not the tail God's truth trumps the world's facts. What is impossible for man is possible with God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus who owns everything. I wake up every day with purpose and direction. I have the mind of Christ. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me Christ in me is stronger than my doubts and fears I love Jesus and I love people in Jesus name amen and amen thank you so much Thank you so much for listening to the Love Key Church message of the week. We trust that you found that encouraging, inspiring, hopefully challenging in a good way, and that you will come back next week to listen again. We want to invite you once again, that if you are in the Helderberg area and you're looking for a spiritual home, to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 22 Durkee A Street. May God bless you and keep you and make His face shine upon you and your family. Bye-bye.